Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. Ahoy, mateys. Uh, this is a mic check, mic check, <laughs> mic check. Uh, welcome back to Booze and Confused. Hey, yeah, we're back. I'm Carol Ann. Uh, this is Matt. And would it be Booze and Confused if we weren't a day late for our own podcast? Day late, dollar short. Yeah. I've got two beers in front of me. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Drinking for two today. Yeah. Well, oh God, that's not because of any reason other than I just have not had enough water oh, yeah. today. No, you don't drink water. I don't. And then I complain about my head hurting and then I'm like, maybe caffeine will fix it. Oh, why does my back hurt? Well, you don't stretch. <laughs> why Why does it this? Because you don't do oh the God. things that you need to do. Anyways, uh, welcome back. Welcome. You've got a me episode today. It's actually pretty interesting. I think all of my topics are interesting, but this one in particular surprised me because I was like, what? Uh, and I learned a lot of new things while doing my research, so... It's got a lot of references and shit that you can read about if you're interested in more in the show notes. But uh, without further ado, a couple of items before we get into it. So just a smidgen of housekeeping. Yeah. Well, the first one is actually um, a new one. So we we are getting back to talking to pod friends. <laughs> and uh, we have a promo today from our friends at PNW Haunts and Homicides. It's Caitlin and Cassie. Uh, they do like true crime and they do paranormal shit and like just spooky shit in general. It's cool though. Cause they do like a tarot reading. Uh, are you counting the amount of times I swear? How dare you? Uh, they do like a tarot reading for all of their episodes, which I think is really cool and like a neat little spin. Uh, that kind of spooks me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I uh, enjoy uh, that a lot. It spooks me out a little bit. That sounds, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. But Matt doesn't spooky vibe with it's the It's spooky the for me. It's spooky. Uh, so their full promo is towards the end of the episode. Um, but if you are just like so jazzed about the idea, you don't even want to listen to our episode. <laughs> just skip to the <laughs> last <on> three minutes. <laughs> uh, so that's PNW Haunts and Homicides. <laughs> I think you can find them on uh, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. So can't really imagine you'd have a hard time finding them. Um, but yeah, a couple of other items. We're on all your favorite social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. We're not going to bother with TikTok at this point because I think it's just going to get removed from the U.S. market in general, it which sounds, is fine. Yeah, it deserves it sounds to. like it's a, just about that time. Yeah, it's just about that time. It's slapping its knees and it's like, well, it's getting up from the, the dinner. Can we bring back Vine? I would love to bring back I'd Vine. I'd get back on Vine. I would love to bring back Vine. Give me some vine. Yeah, I do. I want some of those vine vibes. Yeah, absolutely. TikTok was just just too toxic. Too toxic, too creepy. Um, If social media is not really your thing and you want to send us a message, you can do that on uh, email at boostingconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, what else? If you like the pod, you want to support us, you could uh, leave us a review and follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, If you leave us a review, though, and you take a screenshot and you send it to us, uh, we'll send you some stickers in the mail for free. 
we'll do our best. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And if you if you leave a review and don't send it to us, then we can't. I have no we idea. Have no who idea you are. who you are. So don't at me being like I didn't get my stickers because like I don't know where the fuck you live. So stop counting the amount of times that I swear. Today is more of a an academic episode. I don't have a lot of swears in my notes, but we'll see where they come organically. <laughs> I never figured that you th- wrote the swears into Sometimes your notes. Sometimes I do. <laughs> it depends on how spicy I'm feeling as I'm writing this. If it's a topic that really gets me jazzed, really just grinds I, your gears. Especially the political ones. Yeah, they really grind my you, gears. I was going to say earlier, you do tend to lean political. Sometimes. Eileen aliens. Yeah. And spooky and I think I lean more like corporate conspiracies of how capitalism is yeah, just destroying of, the middle class. Yeah. Uh and none of us can sit at the table anymore, but that's well, fine. That's also you off the pot as well. <laughs> that's just in case you guys are wondering what it's like to be married to me. It's it's very similar. In case you're wondering, uh <laughs> picture this. We're on a couch. Um I'm playing my Nintendo Switch. Love Island UK is on. Carol Ann is sitting on the couch talking to me about how some <laughs> thing is happening in the economy, and yeah. this is why we can't have nice things. I you get the best of both worlds with me. You get like the trash TV. We could just sit and hang out together, but also I like to just read about the, how the world is going to shit. So, but you do it simultaneously. Yeah, I need to balance it within myself. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the last thing is, what are you drinking? Well, the the can in my hand is actually, this is actually a, um, a repeat. It's the Voodoo Ranger Juice Force That's IPA. It's a good one. It's really tasty. It's, it's, it's got that nice IPA bitter, but it's got that like juicy, fruity finish, which I like. And on the off chance I finish this one, then... <laughs> There's a backup. Oh, let me just reach over here. It's yeah. the uh, 1985 IPA, also by New Belgium. Um, I'm digging the skeleton boy. He's a yeah. He's they a, do their artwork really well. Yeah, and the in this one, the skeleton is wearing um, like very like Cobra Kai denim jacket. Yeah, well, it's very 80s. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, 1985. Yeah, 80s. So Cobra Kai. That would be it. Alrighty. Well, if there's no other questions, we'll just get into it. Hold on. Before we start, do you want some water? I, I can go no, get you I some don't. water. I don't. Because after this, what I'm going to do is uh, eat a concrete mixer and then complain about how I need to go to bed and then sit on my phone until about midnight and then wake up and do the whole thing over again. So, so you don't want any water? No, I don't. Because we've got plenty. No, I don't. But that's a great segue into today's episode because you know who doesn't have water? It's Arizona. 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 Uh, So water has been a really hot topic recently. I actually feel like uh, I was at the dentist today and the news was on while I was getting my teeth cleaned. And it was just like shot after shot of wildfires in Europe with like record high temperatures. And I felt like I was sitting like in a movie watching the news. But this is just reality now. So that's lovely. <laughs> you're you're seeing yourself on the screen yeah. watching the yeah. doomsday news. Yeah, exactly. There's some layers to this. It's yeah. like what what's that Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Don't look up. Day after oh. tomorrow or something. We're like 
everything freezes over yeah. or is on fire or 2012. Yeah. I think I know what Jake Gyllenhaal looks like, but I'm not so sure. So I don't know. But furry. Ew. Really? Like like in a good way. Like a good oh, furry. Like okay. he's He's got a furry face. All right. Well. He's great. a handsome man. Great. Apparently kind of creepy. Yeah, I can imagine. A uh, lot of used people to date Taylor Swift are. or something. Yeah. Um, there's a song about him. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's a handsome man. Welcome to the Jake Gyllenhaal podcast. <laughs> yeah, Jake. <laughs> um, anyway, so back to water. Uh, in 2021, nearly half of the U.S. was in a drought um, after the hottest summer on record, which included us in Chicago, actually. We had a drought for a very long time. Um, and more than 3 billion people in the world were affected by water shortages, which is crazy because I think we obviously live right next to like a major Great Lake. Oh, it's huge. Um, so we're very fortunate in our water supply. But I don't think I realized how bad the, the water problem is, especially for parts of the um south and the west that rely on like private wells um there's an insane story that i read of this woman who bought a house the well basically dried up and she was like opening her faucets and like just getting sand and so uh they ended up having to like leave because they didn't have the $30,000 to drill down further for their well and it wasn't just her it was like all of her neighbors right you were saying that she would try and get some water from the tap and it would sputter and it'd yeah, be like it was sandy like, sediment. Yes. And then she went to There was like a ta- the politician. Not like a town hall. She like drove to um someplace with like a huge meeting of all the, the local residents who were having a similar problem. Um, and they're like, oh, you're on your own. Yeah. Kind of a thing. They basically said, like, it's up to you. You have to just dig deeper. Sorry. Don't you just love. Which is crazy. Love, God bless America. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this all is the like Europeans a... listening to this are like, fuck that place. <laughs> this is like a bad prequel to like Mad Max. It really is. It's the prequel. It's it's like, you know how we had the Planet of the Apes prequels? Yes. Yeah. Um, This is like the Mad Max prequels. Yeah. It's. It's really bad. So they're obviously in a water crisis. And if you heard our Lake Mead episode, which if you haven't, go listen to it. Um, you heard us talk about record low levels of water in the lake, which was causing all sorts of weird shit to turn up um, like dead bodies. So that that was that was interesting. And they're still finding stuff. I think they just recently found like a shipwreck or something, some kind of like sunken ship that was in there. That's pretty cool. Um, so Lake Mead and Lake Powell, which is another like reservoir have recently been issued tier one water shortage declarations, which it's not like one is the highest. I think it actually goes down to like three. Um, so three would be like big flashing red lights. One is still like flashing red lights, but like three is below one. If you think about one is a little bit higher up and then three is below it. So it's like a yellow alert. Yes. Like an orange. Yeah. Um, but it's still actually the first of its kind, which is pretty fucking scary. And I think it should be like red alerts. (laughs) Um, but Arizona is hit the hardest by like these water conservation rules, which means that nearly a fifth of the state's water supply is cut off. And Arizona relies on 40% of, uh, water supplies from groundwater. And they're saying that like lawmakers just need to get their shit together and address the unregulated drainage of rural gro- groundwater by industrial farms. 
Like that's a huge problem mm-hmm. in Arizona, which in my mind, granted, I've never been to Arizona. I don't think I want to go because a, it just seems miserable. It's a dry heat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not a place where I imagine like maybe it's just because we're from the Midwest and like everything that's not part of the city is just farmland, but not something I imagine have like extensive farms, but it does. It's 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 also just really nice having a, a massive body of fresh water. Yeah. Yeah. Half an hour away. Oh, it is nice, isn't it? Um, so groundwater is this like very hidden resource, uh, at least hidden to me. Uh, all the people from Arizona are probably like this uncultured bitch from oh. the city. Oh, yeah. Yesterday <laughs> when you were kind of giving me a little lowdown on this, you were talking about like wells and I had no idea how these wells these, work. These wells worked. Yeah. I just know that they smell bad. Yeah. And the water makes you feel slimy. Yeah. Um, but I guess there's just water underground just chilling. Yeah. It just hangs out there, um, which is cool. Just wetness. So the groundwater um, is, uh, you know, this big resource, but it supplies like 25 to 40 percent of global drinking water, which is a pretty big amount That's... for something that yesterday I didn't really know <laughs> was <laughs> a big thing. And so... Most of um, the aquifers in North America are beneath the Western U.S. Um, and they go all the way back to the beginning of like North America as we know it, which is kind of crazy. So it's like six million years uh, if you want a little history lesson. So the Rocky Mountains like thrust upward. I'm doing a lot of like talking with my hands. Um, the rivers gashed like deep channels in the crust. And then it separated these ranges with basins that pretty much filled with like eroded rock, but it trapped water beneath it. So aquifers, am I saying that correctly? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, are like super complex, really fragile. Um, and once you've tapped one, it can take more than 6,000 years to replenish. So it's not like it's some unlimited resource. It's pretty finite. Um, there's one in the Great Plains called O. Oh, I was trying to say this yesterday and it was a hard time. Ogalala. Ogalala. O-G-A-L-L-A-L-A. Ogalala? Sure. Spell it again. O-G-A-L-L-A-L-A. Ogalala. Yep. Great. <laughs> so um, in the Great Plains, Ogalala runs through eight of the plain states. Don't look at me like that. I'm trying my hardest. Runs through eight of the plain states. And it's like 174,000 square miles of just waterlogged earth. It's massive. It's huge. Anyway, so so understand like how large that is. Farmers exhausted a third of that water in just 30 years, which is crazy. So exhausted it, you like mean, it's like they've gone, taken it out, depleted it. it it's not coming to... back in our lifetime. There it is. Okay. Yeah. So uh, for Arizona, seventy-two percent of the statewide water in like twenty seventeen-ish was for agricultural purposes. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. Um, so farmers are obviously going to be hit first and possibly the hardest with this water crisis that's been brewing. And there have been discussions in the state about curbing the kinds of crops that 
you know, farmers can plant to reduce water consumption. Um, which brings us to our topic today. You would think that we'd be already there, but we're still making our way there. It's a journey. So we're saying that like farmers are the bees of the human race. What? Farmers are the bees. Like the bees get affected before we get affected as humans. Farmers get affected by this stuff before we get affected by Um, it. I'm I'm definitely right. (laughs) I thought you were going to say reaching and I was like, yes. I'm not reaching. (laughs) I am am reaching. That was a a terrible metaphor. I I understand what you're trying to say. I step it back. I'm going to walk that one back a little bit. Yeah, here, no, I'll just delete it for you. Boop, boop. There it goes. Oh, it's thank, gone. Thank goodness. I sounded really dumb there. <laughs> um, so when we're talking about these aquifers, uh, they're all over the world. They're not just within North America. Um, there were huge ones in the Middle East. And some of the worst declines in these aquifers were actually in the Middle East. Um, so they have this policy of just unregulated pumping on um, the Arabian Peninsula that in 40 years, they drained aquifers that had taken 20,000 years to form. In 40 fucking years. How crazy is that? And so uh, they just couldn't do anything with all of their acres of land, uh, you know, for farming, for crops, for cattle. So it forced Saudi Arabia and a bunch of others to outsource a lot of their agricultural production. So how did Saudi Arabia end up in Arizona. Are they in Arizona? Y- yes. Since, yeah. Since when? Um, early 1900s, actually. That's That's been a minute then. It's been a hot minute. It's, it's been at least 100 years. So um, Saudi Arabia ending up in Arizona with this like huge farming emperor, emperor, empire <laughs> um, came from this Arizona copper miner uh, named Carl Twitchell in like the 1910s. So Carl pretty much falls into this like royal advisor role for Saudi Arabia's first king, um, which I don't know how the fuck you go from minor to a royal advisor, but that's like a big jump in your CV, you know? Maybe he like really boasted about, I don't know, all of his shit on LinkedIn, just like fluffed it a little bit. Um, so Carl was really focused on being the sort of steward for water and agriculture for the country. So he eventually convinced, um, you know, this first king, Saudi Arabia's first king, to send him on a tour across the U.S. On his tour across the U.S., he focused on the Southwest uh, to go over their farming practices and kind of understand what was going on. So Carl then used that as a tour um or as like a pitch to have the U.S. government get them to fund the agricultural projects back in the Middle East, if you're following all of this. So the State Department is like, yeah, sure, why not? They agree to the funding proposal and they created the U.S. Agricultural Mission of 1942. So it was like years in the making, kind of took a while. Um, One of the first crops that Arizona farmers introduced and promoted to, um, you know, the Saudi Arabian desert was alfalfa, which is a very high water usage. Thirsty crop. crop. (laughs) It's a very thirsty boy. What exactly is alfalfa? Like, what does it go into? Um, Well, I think they were using it for feed. Actually, yeah. So 
if you want to jump ahead a little bit, the alfalfa crops uh, were used to feed the Saudi king's collection of like super exotic horses that he had like 200 really exotic. So this is like a luxury crop. Yes. Well, for that purpose. For that purpose. For that purpose. Yes. Uh, When there was more than enough to go around. And then they went from feeding horses to feeding cows, which was another influence from Arizona uh, that would then go on to be the inspiration for a Saudi-based dairy company, Almaria. Never heard of it. Almari, Almar, Al. Never. Almare. No. Jesus, why is this so hard for me to read today? It's A L M A R A I. Because you didn't drink your water. That <laughs> is probably because I've not had my water. So the Arizona farmers combined with like all of these Saudi agricultural initiatives in the decades following that like mission that the state department created had a huge impact on the country's history. And so their elites and their like agribusinesses saw these huge benefits from what they were doing. And the small farmers were like, we're getting jack shit. And also we're getting pushed out. So these mega dairies uh, were just like thriving. They were doing so well, really just getting those record-breaking profits. Um, But that also meant that there were huge spikes in alfalfa production, which again is a crop that requires a lot of water. Lots of water. Lots of water. So the country's agricultural businesses realized that they had like not a lot of water left. They were like really scraping the bottom of the barrel there in their aquifers. So they started focusing on international expansion to keep production going because they were like, well, we got a good thing going, but it's not going to be going here much longer. (laughs) So we got to figure something else out. Um, aside from just the U.S., they also purchased land in Argentina and Africa, um, and they rank as like one of the top buyers of agricultural land in foreign countries, which is kind of interesting to me. But I guess like it's not super surprising. I only just recently found out that like China also buys farmland within the U.S. That also surprises me, but it also doesn't surprise me. Right. Like I, it makes sense because I think we have uh i don't know maybe more land and especially like within the u.s i think a lot of uh generational farmers are getting rid of their farms because they're getting old their their kids don't want to take the farms over so it's just a lot of farmland that's kind of sitting there um but yeah but it, it also concerns me that it's like let's let's drain up all of our natural resources oh we're all out i, th- I feel like the smart person who does business would be like i gotta find a new market or i gotta i gotta diversify your portfolio my portfolio is drying up i gotta so no let me go somewhere else and ruin that resource over there but still make money yeah in the short it's very short-sighted yeah oh yeah i mean that's that is a great way to put what's happening in arizona it's like somebody's watching nfts crash and burn and they're like this is fine i'm gonna i'm gonna buy more nfts i'm gonna get one of those bored apes (laughs) yeah exactly short-sighted is a great way to put this um So 2014 comes around. We just did a lot of fast forwarding Um, that like Saudi Arabian dairy company that I talked about, Elmar, Elmare, not saying that right, probably 
they bought like 10,000 acres in uh, the town of Vicksburg, Arizona, which is just northwest of Sulphur Springs Valley. And they planted alfalfa so that they could ship it across the fucking world to feed Saudi cattle, which makes no sense to me. That Especially right now with the logistics problems and the gas prices that can't be sustainable. We... Our gas today was under five dollars a gallon today. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Four ninety six. Oh my gosh. Um, so then there was uh like United Arab Emirates Farming Corporation called Al Darha. Al Darha. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um they bought seven uh not seven, several <laughs> thousand acre farms along both sides of the Arizona California border. Um, and they were like totally legal purchases. There's nothing legally wrong with them buying any of this land. Um, but a lot of the locals were not super happy about it. And they're pretty much saying like, you guys are just exporting our water. Like we already don't have a ton. We have to like curb our resources. Like a a lot of them like can't water their lawns, but then they're outraged because their local golf courses has like, have like perfect green grass. Like that's the kind of shit that they have to put up with. So then they see all of these companies coming in and buying up a shitload of land and planting these really frivolous (laughs) high water use crops. Um, And then they're like, this is bullshit. Uh, So, yeah, they're just like pissed that it's legal for these companies to do it. I think they'd be mad regardless of who it is. It's not a dig at Saudi Arabia or China or whoever, whatever, you know, country is buying the land up. I think it's just the fact that corporations are making fuckloads of money off of it. Um, yeah. Oh, I thought you were using your hands to show how big a fuckload is. Um So that farm is just another example of how Arizona's groundwater rules that are super laid back um, are just really hurting the local residents while people with money just make more money. That's... That's it. Capitalism. (laughs) Look... It really is. That's capitalism, though. You can't knock these business folk for getting theirs. They're just working the system. No, I absolutely can't. They're just working the system. They're just milking it. They're just watering it. Oh, they're just planting their alfalfa. And, As a fellow yeah. business person, I'm getting mine. They're getting theirs. Matt and I were just talking today about how um, the market today <laughs> is like actually looking pretty good because the earnings reports are coming out and they're a lot stronger than I think uh, anticipated or expected. And Matt and I were just talking about how these corporations are still making record profits uh, despite any sort of slower market versus 2021 if you look at the chart of corporate profits over the last 60 years yeah these are still record profits they're doing just fine don't let target fool you or walmart (laughs) or any of the other ones (laughs) back to arizona uh so there's these like groundwater rights in arizona uh but they're based on the frontier legal doctrine of like reasonable use which just sounds very vague and not enforced and not collected in any way. Um, but it just pretty much says the landowner retains the right to pump as much water as they want, as long as it's put to a reasonable use like farming. So like... Oh, reasonable yeah. use. It's not an amount. It just goes, oh, as long as... Yeah. You're doing a thing that 
we're uh-huh. okay with you can use as much as you want that's not reasonable but okay yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so in the 80s, Arizona became the first state to pass groundwater reform, which sounds great in Does theory. Sound nice. Um, and it pretty much says that groundwater is a public right instead of a private resource. Um, but in the years since, naturally, uh, there have been like no safeguards to actually protect people. Um, no safeguards have been extended beyond maybe like Tucson and Phoenix. So all of these people that live in the, the rural lands are just getting fucked. And outside of Tucson and Phoenix, there's been like no change since Arizona even became a state in like the early 1900s. So uh, back then, a farmer really only needed to file an intent to drill notice and pay like $150 for this permit. Uh, and then you could just pump as much water as you want, reasonable which is a amount. great it's ROI. A reasonable <laughs> amount. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Um, and so for valley farmers who are growing these high water crops like alfalfa and nuts, it means that like 2,000 gallons, which is the capacity of a tanker truck, um, were being used every minute, 24 hours a day with only short breaks for several months. And in 2017 alone, this is mind blowing to me to really put it into perspective. One farm pumped 22 billion gallons, which is double the volume of bottled water sold in the United States a year. One farm did that in 2017. One farm. One farm did that. Isn't that insane? B, a billion. Yeah, billion. 22 billion gallons, which is almost double the amount of bottled water sold in the U.S. a year. And what were they? Farmland. Crops. Like the nuts. Yeah, the nuts or the alfalfa. Yeah. Isn't that wild? And now this was for a foreign entity? I'm actually not sure which specific farm it is, but I think it just goes to show like maybe we need to be rethinking our resources just a little bit. Um, Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. This is so funny that you have this topic because uh, we just watched that South Park special, the streaming special. Oh, my God. Where they were, it was layers, but it was like water, but they didn't have water, but the integrity weed farm had water and you could yeah oh okay etc etc so i mean that's pretty much it um it's just that uh we're all going to shit (laughs) um but but it's it's kind of crazy to just understand like how these huge corporations regardless of who they're funded by have such a an insane um like power Because Arizona lawmakers don't give a shit. Like you said, it's so short-sighted that it's literally just like, I've got mine. Fuck y'all. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Water falls from the sky. Um, I read some comment on Reddit that resonated with me. That was something um, to the effect of uh, Arizona lawmakers don't care because they're spending the money that they've already gotten from this and they're going to be dead by the time that it really affects them. So they don't care. Do they have like kids, grandkids? I, you know, I'm sure they do, but also I'm sure they have enough money to 
like combat some of the issues that they would see you know I mean what's crazy is a lot of these I really do feel for the the people in the rural lands because they were saying that like I think some of their mortgages, the people that I talked about in that story, let me double check which link that was for anyone who wanted to read it. Where the sand was coming out of the faucets? Yes. Um, It was either the 12news.com link I have in the show notes or the New York Times link that I have. Just Mm -hmm. check one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, They were talking about, you know, when they went to this meeting and it was pretty much told to them, like, you have to just deepen your own well. Good luck. It was like fifteen dollars to $30,000 for them to deepen their well themselves. And that's their own personal private well. A lot of these people have house mortgages that are like $200. If that gives you some sort of idea of like where uh, their like income lies and like what, what kind of income they have a month, like $30,000 is just out of the realm of possibility. And a lot of them talked about like, I can't even get a loan from the bank for that much money to be able to do this and sustain myself. So this woman talked about how in certain valleys, there are just houses or like entire developments that are completely emptied because people can't live there anymore. Mm -hmm. And the only reason, so they actually moved from Pennsylvania, I think it was, and they had no idea, you know, when they were moving to Arizona, she was really concerned about the quality of water, uh, but not the quantity of water in the well. She had no idea that it was going to be that big of a problem. So, yeah, that's just crazy to me. And, like, I completely understand the the folks getting frustrated that, like, they can't even get loans because their income is too low to support getting, you know, money for a well to be deepened. But these corporations just waltz right in who are exacerbating the problem and they just have money upon money to do whatever they want. It's yep. insane. Yeah, and and that's going to just continue to become a larger and larger ravine. Yeah. That is just already impossible to go over or, or like get past. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Uh the last thing I'll say about that story is this woman for like 4 years because they couldn't really afford to move. Um for four years, they rationed their water every single day, which meant they didn't take showers every day. They had to pay to go get their laundry done at a laundromat because they couldn't use it at their home. So I think it said the average home used 500 gallons of water a day or something like that in Phoenix, maybe. Um, they had like 50 gallons of water a day that they had to that's, ration that's at their lowest point. Yeah. Which is insane. It's crazy. So anyways, if you if you want to read more about that story, it was fascinating. It was super sad. Um, the happy ending is that they ended up moving um, close by, but uh, at a place that had like more stable water supply for them. So, yeah, that's that's it. That's my that's my tangent. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Put that soapbox away. Uh, yeah, this is, this is wild. Yeah, absolutely crazy know. to me. I also wanted to look into like just any other foreign countries that are, uh, you know, buying farmland in the U.S. and then like sending stuff back to, you know, the the country that owns the corporation. Uh, but I haven't gotten there yet. So it's just, it's just so expensive, it seems like. it's I Yeah, don't I don't know. know how it's sustainable. This is why I do what I do. <laughs> and my job is so far away from numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to crunch the the numbers there of how much alfalfa I can ship off to another country. 
with these gas prices. How much alfalfa can I eat in yeah. one sitting? That too. Well, all right. Thanks so much for listening to our episode today. If you made it this far, um, I'm going to play the promo. Yeah, for get that promo going. Our PNW haunts and homicides friends, and uh, we'll catch you next week at some point. Bye, y'all. Bye. Hey, creepy people. This is PNW haunts and homicides. I'm Caitlin, and I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. For each episode, we do a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on the topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous cases such as the misdeeds of Boeing, as well as lesser known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13 as well as our spooky stories from Pike Place and Raven's Manor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you'd like to listen. Have Have a a creepy-ass day!